0: Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Purifying Truths with Ace Star. It is a pleasure to have you all with us today. We have a very special guest with us. Her name is Mary Kim Farkas. She's such a phenomenal woman. Oh, my goodness. Her story is one that's going to take you on a whirlwind of emotions, inspire you, and leave you at all all at the same time. Welcome the purifying truths, mary Kim.
1: Thank you, A-Star. You are truly a star. I'm so honored and grateful to be here. I'm super excited for this uh, chat with you.
0: Oh, you're so kind. Indeed, the pleasure is mine. Um, Let's go ahead and jump right in. Tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself. Sure.
1: Uh, obviously, my name is Mary Kim Farkas. The biggest flex I have is I am a mommy to an eight-year-old boy with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. He was someone, meaning his diagnosis was something that I tried to prevent. I was trying to eat well, no doing any drugs, like try to have this like clean, you know, body growing up, but I was uneducated and I was scared to ever have a child with different abilities or special needs growing up because we were not around them growing up and we never had a conversation with them. We didn't know who they were. They were just these these children who walked on the side of the building going from one room to the next while we were in the lunch period. And mm-hmm. so, you know, God works in funny ways. You know, He gives us what we be- we pray for but on his terms, but not in a bad way. He's always Mm -hmm. given us things that we don't think that we need. And so when I got pregnant, I was older and my fetus was diagnosed with Down syndrome and it was a soul searching journey. But at the end of the day, I left it up to God, like entrusted my faith and he is really was made for me and I was made for him. So that is who I am. Mostly, obviously I advocate for him and in his community. I am also the co-founder of Keepsy. It is a one-of-a-kind innovative pacifier cover and the only pacifier cover that covers the infamous Wubba along with 20 additional pacifiers attached to a small stuffed animal or solo pacifiers. Oh. I am a multi-abuse champion and I phrase the word champion because we fight to become these, these champions in life. And if you think about the word, you know, champion used a lot in the boxing arena, you right. know, you're just a survivor. Because for me in my head, a survivor is like someone's allowed you to survive, right? A person who's ever, you know, taken things from you or wanted to destroy you, allowed you to survive. But because I've done the work, And I still do the work. I'm a champion because I'm on the other side. And I give credit to a clubhouse sister of mine. Her name is Kiki Boyd, where I first heard the word champion. And I just think it's so powerful for us who've ever struggled or gone through things that were difficult, you know, that we
0: had to muscle through. Yes, oh my goodness. You know, I never thought of that, but certainly champion is more powerful than survivor. Yes. yes. I love it. And (laughs) I'm going to start using it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with me. So you're a mother, you're an entrepreneur, and you're a champion. And once again, it is a pleasure to have you on. Just want to digress a little bit back to your childhood. Tell us where you grew up, how you grew up. And I guess we'll start there.
1: Awesome. My mother came to the United States when she fell in love with my father, who was Italian-Hungarian, my mom was in Korea and he was based in Korea. My family at that time lived up in the Bronx. So I actually was born in the Bronx and we lived there probably till I was almost five years old. Just like any neighborhood, neighborhoods start to change and like there was an opportunity in Florida. I grew up in Florida, probably north of Clearwater in the Tampa Bay area called Uh Fort Ritchie. So I grew up in that town. I am a middle child. Growing up, I want to say I was the textbook version of a middle child. I have an older brother who is one year older than I am, and he was given the God-given gift of artistry. Like When he was five years old, he can draw comic book characters in detail with zero schooling. He was five years old. So he was given that God-given gift. He was always the honor student like a plus in every class that he had the next year i had the same teacher and i got this throughout my whole school year oh my goodness you are billy's sister are you as smart as him Ah, i know and like you can't say that nowadays right but you know back in the day you know and i'm like and i just smiled i'm like yeah i'm i'm his sister and it was just always this thing and my sister she's three years younger than I am. And she just the cutest, sweet, you know, and so I'm like in this middle. So like I was the epitome of a middle child syndrome. We grew up my dad, unfortunately, was on full disability because he was hurt in the service. My mom helped support the family and she kind of ran the household and took care of him when he needed to. And so that's how we grew up. We were also the house that our family and neighbors went to to celebrate all holidays. And so I learned at a very young age, the value and the pure gift and blessing of gathering together, supporting one another, you know, we celebrate holidays, and it was holidays were always celebrated in big ways in my house. And Mm -hmm. I give all the credit to my mom, she's the epitome of a superwoman. She learned to macrame, she used to make our clothes, she'd cook every dinner, the house was like immaculate all the time, like she's basically my muse. Oh. How I grew up.
0: We the way were... you describe her, I picture she's who Whitney is singing about when she's saying, "I'm every woman."
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> she's doing it all.
1: It is yes. I don't oh, even know wow. how she did it. Like, let me just tell you, Star, during the holidays, my mom would literally cook pies, apple pies, for the whole neighborhood, for the school, for everyone cookies, like 1000s of cookies, like and all by herself. I'm I'm in amazement of like, how did she do all this stuff? But yeah, she's definitely that, uh, that song. (laughs) For sure.
0: Wow, What a beautiful memory. And so, Mary Kim, you had an event happen in your life that changed things forever. Please tell us what that was, and how it changed you and how your brother Played a part in that. Um,
1: as a kid growing up, we you know we had neighbors. Before I was twelve, I babysat some of the neighbors, especially like some of the moms. They had to go to work in the morning, so I was responsible to watch the kids in the morning and you know make sure they get on the bus. And I woke up that morning and did not realize it at time my dad was in the hallway in front of our room, which was really weird that he was just laying there, you know, waiting for us. What I discovered later that evening is that. My mother was no longer here on earth. She gained her wings. And my dad gained handcuffs. Yeah. And it, and it was so bizarre. And we were told basically at the precinct, they took us down as kids to the precinct and said, Hey, by the way, this is what happened. And what do you know about what happened today? There was no adult there saying that it was okay to have this conversation, but I guess, you know, the adults, in my life at the time as our grandparent took us there, so I guess that was consent. I can't believe these adults were asking me these questions, and so we had to tell our story, whatever, and um, what happened, and I, I didn't know at the time, but you know, as an adult, you know they were investigating the situation. Mm-hmm. So with that, we immediately became ward of the state, and we only returned once back to our home, And that was with, you know, back in the day, we had, you know, paper bags, you know, shopping paper bags, and that's how we did our overnight bags and we slept at our friend's house. And I think we were given a few paper bags and we were allowed at a certain amount of time to take whatever we wanted to fill those bags.
0: Hmm.
1: And we, we did that and we left and, It was a weird discovery. So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit because you brought up for my my brother, how he played a significant aspect of that day. One, Mm -hmm. he was the older brother, one year older, but still the older brother. And my parents, you know, they provided how they knew. So we had food, we had shelter. By the age of 12, I knew how to run a household, how to do laundry, how to cook. I knew how to make Italian sauce for my grandma before Mm -hmm. I was 12 years old. So how to set the table, like all those basics necessities of you know life skills we learned at that age and thank god right because we were able to function and move in life and survive so that morning my brother which i did not know until weeks after this date that my brother in the wee hours in the morning we always used our parents bathroom and it was connected to their bedroom And in the wee hours when we were all on the other side of the house my brother got up went to use the bathroom and he saw that there were there was a bump on the bed and he went over because that's where you know our parents slept and he knew my dad was awake because he was on the other side of the house he actually uncovered his mother our mother that morning yes how traumatic yeah and he i mean to this day and we're going on 37 years It's a nightmare that he still has shared with me. That he still can hear the covers coming off her. And my mom was, uh, we were had a a, we had to have a casket because she was really damaged in the face. Um, Mm -hmm. So he says he still has nightmares about that. I mean, how can you not? So that morning, I did not know all this, right? And so I'm being my stubborn middle child, you know, self. And uh, I'm totally not that way anymore. But you know, I don't know, I'm kid not knowing how to deal with my feelings and all this stuff. And so Uh I was very adamant, like, I want to use my my parents bathroom, I use it every day of my life, like I'm going in to use it. And to get ready, because we had to go like, we were told, like, we got to just go to our grandparents house. And we were able to walk there. And I was like, I ain't leaving. Where's my mom and blah, blah, blah. And like, I was just like, I'm not leaving. Where's mom? Where's mom? And my brother kind of like forced me like, we got to go. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna get ready first. And so I go in and I was always a curious kid. Like I would go through different things. If there's something in the bathroom, I always want to read things. We we grew up where the adults have the adults' conversations. The kids have their kids' conversation. You cannot interrupt an adult in the adult conversation. Mm-hmm. And when it was bedtime, it was bedtime, but if I'm not tired, the way our house was, like the, the main room where everyone hung out was right before the hallway where all the bedrooms were. And so like, oh yeah, everyone go to bed. Me, I'm like, I'm up. I would like, listen, Against the wall, no one knew I was up still, and I would like to listen to these adults' conversations. I was like nosy or just curious. I think more curious than nosy. It was just like, what are they talking about? You know, why can't we be, you know? And um, so mm-hmm. it's very adamant about, you know, getting ready like I always do. And as I'm walking into uh, the bathroom, I'm heading into the door that's going into my parents' bedroom because it was still open a little. It, immediately, my brother comes in and blocks that door, closes it and blocks it. And then I was pissed. I was like, what are we doing? Like, what's the big deal? And he like, he pushed me away. And I thought he was just being a, just a, a little older brother, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand. And I did not have this perspective or this memory growing up after that. It wasn't until my actually my late twenties where I was deciding whether or not I should leave a ten year relationship. At that time, and I had to do a lot of good and bad, and and where I want to be, and, and what my current life looked like, and and what I expect, you know, what I wanted in my life. And during this time, I sat all weekend, one weekend, and just try to like really deep go deep in myself and like soul search. And it was in that quiet moment that it came to me, like the vision, the actual reliving, it came in my head that the story that I just shared that my brother stopped me from going into that room that morning.
0: Wow, Mary Kim, I am so, so sorry for your loss. I mean, it is traumatic to lose anyone, but to lose your parent at the hand of another, to lose your mother at that, at your father's hand, it's just unimaginable. It's something that many of us only think happens on TV. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, domestic violence is real and you are a champion. Even your mother is a champion. Look at the legacy that she left and you were so very young, but you still have those memories of those apple pies and, you know, her just being able to do everything having those celebrations. So I just want to say um, you are phenomenal. I'm deeply sorry for your loss.
1: Thank you, Star. I appreciate it. Um getting teary-eyed. Oh yeah, God. she was like amazing. And I am grateful for um, that gift that she's, she gave us, you know, not knowing where her life would be, you know, but uh, so, yeah. I'm just
0: And just to know that you were in the home you know i'm so grateful that it wasn't like so many that we see on the news and you know everybody in the home yes is murdered yes and sometimes they even commit suicide so i understand you said that he was disabled yes but somehow he was able to harm and then kill her so what i also get out of that is don't underestimate those who are quote unquote disabled
1: Right. And he was on medication. Like, I remember he had a, a, a cabinet full of medicine. So mm-hmm. he wasn't the same person after being disabled. And, you know, um, there's just a lot of layers to that. But yes, I mean, he served our country. He was super smart. And, um, and you know, the disability just, you know, altered his life and, and ours. I mean, thankfully, we're here. You know, I was born, you know, out of that relationship. But it altered it, you know? And so, yeah, that's a good awareness that, you know, we have to be mindful of those things.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, your brother is a hero. I know that now you're all grown up and you don't have the quote unquote middle child syndrome, but truly he is a hero. And I'm so sorry that he saw what he saw. And I know that that has to affect him now, but I'm also grateful that he protected his little sister that he didn't allow you to see what he saw yes now at the same time as you go through life from that point on you know i'm sure things evolve have you ever found yourself going through a period of self-pity or why me anger during your grieving
1: process i did when that situation that day happened i learned uh about, I guess it's a valuable lesson because I learned to function that way. Is it 100% act uh, like the right way to be? I don't know, but I, what I learned that that day and the preceding days after that, and weeks and months after that, is that life still goes on. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what situation or, or 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 difficulty of life that comes into our life, we pick up and we live life still. There are birthdays to celebrate still. We still have to go to school. We still have to work. We have to eat, like life just picked up and kept going. And so with that, I was 12th this time. You know, we go through our teenage years, you know, we, we're with a different family, you know, you're going through your just teenager life, right, and, and then middle school and high school and college and all those things and all the things that come with it. And during this time too, because of what my brother experienced in his early 20s, he was diagnosed with multiple mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I was the person like literally he was basically dumped at my apartment and to like take care of him. Aww. And at this time, I didn't really know like, you know, what he really saved me from. Cause I didn't have that memory right at that time, mm-hmm. but I knew that he had witnessed that thing. And so I can't leave him because it's really, we have only each other. And so with that and all the things that came after that, there was always just all this stuff. And I went through all those emotions. I went through crying periods. I went through being mad. But a lot of it was like, why? Like, why, God? Like, why is this happening? Like, I kept asking, like, haven't we proved enough? Haven't we gone through enough? Like, why? Why, why,
0: why? I can only imagine. Absolutely. But- and but- how, how were you able to move on because so many get stuck in depression and anger and resentment but
1: two things
0: you were able to turn that around
1: yes two things i, I give it to one is how the adults function when that happened we picked up and lived life life still goes on and so i just lived life i did what i wanted to do but you know we don't and and i you know back when I was a kid, like all I wanted, you know, my birthdays and stuff were those little diaries, you know, the little locket and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just, I, and I don't know if I had this mindset because I actually experienced it or just me being my middle child syndrome growing up. It's like, I didn't trust anyone with my feelings. Like I literally, as a kid, if I was upset, I literally would go underneath the dining room table and we'd always have the dining room table, you know, decorated like with the pretty, um tablecloth and plastic over it. And stuff, and we had the big dining room chairs. And if I was upset, I would hide underneath the dining room table on top of the chairs and cry silently, I would not cry in person. I don't know why. Maybe I was ashamed. Maybe I felt weakness. But no, I don't remember anyone telling me like, you know, if you cry, you're weak, I think it was just my own being right. And that's how I dealt with it. I would just cry underneath the table and I would write. And I still write today and now that I'm older and gone through the process of things, I really think that writing my thoughts, my stuff on paper really helped save me. So Mm -hmm. those two things is the journaling and how adults functioned afterwards. Like life goes on, you know, life is not always easy. And you're going to get things thrown at you and tossed at you, people coming after you or whatever may happen. And we still have to live our life the best way. And that's what I learned. And those are two gifts that I think that's allowed me to be who I am. Have I gone to therapy? Do I still need to do the work? Yes, yes, and yes. But I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I quote unquote survived that time period is those two lessons or those two activities.
0: You know, writing is so therapeutic in all things. And definitely I can relate to... Writing putting you in a different space when there's things that you can't or don't want to say that you can write it down It is so therapeutic and I'm glad that you found that that was an outlet for you because Otherwise, it could have been turned inward and like I said, you know, you could have been suffering with so many so many other things such as depression yeah. and such Um, so I know that eventually, you know, um, as you move on in life and as you say, life still goes on, Mm -hmm. how long did your father, he got cuffs, but for how long?
1: Um, three years.
0: Hmm. I think that's important because it's such a short time for taking a life. It is, is that in itself is a tragedy in my opinion. Yes. After the very short three years. Um, and you had you know become an adult and had moved on. you actually went to see your father and his new bride? Yes, well, they
1: were married several years at this time, and i it was really several things. one, I was uh, i after high school, all I wanted to do was like get a job and stuff, and so I was able to at that time, you're able to get a associate's degree and work and get paid decent money. You know, you can't really do that these days as much. And so that's all I wanted. I wanted to be on my own and make money. And somewhere in my twenties, it was twofold. One I want was really, since I was 16, really wanted to uh, be on the hunt basically of learning more about about my mom's story. Like I wanted to be the person to tell my mom's story, but I only knew what I knew from the age of 12. And I don't really know her her side of the family, which most of them are based in Korea, never Mm -hmm. met them. So that was kind of like my back of my head mission at the same time, all this was happening, my brother gets diagnosed. And so I remember my dad had a cabinet full of medicine, I know it was from his disability from being hurt in the service. But like, was it hereditary? Was mental illness hereditary? Like all these questions came to be because I wanted to understand more so I can be better help to my brother and his doctors and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to find out and, you know, I have friends I've known since I was eight years old and, and so they know this. And so bizarre while I was thinking this thing, one of my friends received a folder on her desk and she was in uh, some kind of billing situation and Obviously she knows my last name, she knows my history. And she calls me up at work and says, I think I have your dad's file. And I was like, what? You know, this is God, I gotta tell you. And I'm like, what? She's like, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, you gotta tell me everything. She's like, you can't say anything. I'm like, of course I'm not gonna say anything. Like, I'm not gonna tell anyone, right? And uh, then she's like, you can't share this. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna share like who got whatever. And so she starts reading the history and I'm like, that's him. That has to be him. Like all the details of what I knew, like that was him. And so it was so bizarre. I was planning to go down to my hometown to go visit my friends and stuff. And so with that, I got an address. And on my trip, we it was our mission. Like so me and my friend now we're on a mission, right? Cause she was there when all this came down and we no. went to the house number.
0: Was this for closure or to confront him? Uh, Were you angry or you really just wanted closure and answers?
1: I think I wanted information. I wanted to know that I am standing here still even after what you did. And I say that because when, when we did get the new address from where he was because the address that we had was an old address, but people were so kind, I guess, you know, I was his daughter lo- looking for him. They gave me where he lived, right? And so I went driving by there and I didn't know what to do. We drove around the circles probably for like 15 minutes around the little cul-de-sac. And I finally wrote a little piece of note, like, this is Mary Kim, and I underlined Kim, like really bold, Farkas. Mm-hmm. My mom's name was Kim. So I wanted, yeah. it's been several years since he's seen me, you know, and I wanted to know like, I'm connected to Kim Farkas. I wanted to I just like, here, I'm still here. Like you did not just, And now I'm talking about it. I didn't realize it at the moment, but now I'm saying it out loud. Like, I think I just want to say like, you didn't destroy me, like I'm here, right? But mm-hmm. I also wanted to information to help my brother. Like that was a really original purpose. But you know, when you're, you meet someone that you haven't met, you don't really know these emotions that's gonna overtake you. Mm-hmm. so like a combination at the end but that's what i wanted and during that trip i was able to have a conversation with him and it, it wasn't i wasn't mean it wasn't mean spirited. i just kind of it was very nerve-wracking and i did ask him some questions but you know at the same time i don't know if you heard this or read it somewhere that a lot of times when you're separated from someone, you know, say like a father to a daughter and you don't see them for a period of time for whatever reason, a lot of times they vision you, even if you're an adult, that you're still that age where they saw you last.
0: Yes. So
1: yeah, and so there was a lot of that. And I'm like, and it took many years and we did build up a relationship in regards to, we did make time to visit together. And I did allow myself to forgive him uh-huh. understand and, you know, and the forgiveness is really not for him. It was for me to move forward. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I was able to do that for me so I can allow, like, you know, I, I need to just know, and, you know, everyone's human. I'm not saying, I I, this does not mean that I agree with decisions or scenarios or what happened, but it was for me to heal is to forgive someone even if they're not, a, you know, if they never say it, it just allowed like, and it was so weird too. Cause when he did pass, I asked like, I want to speak, you know? And some people were like, what you want to speak? in his?" like, it's just like a weird thing. And I'm like, no, I want to, that's at the end of the day. That was my dad. Right. He birthed me. Right. And so I was very honest and open and they allowed, you know, his wife allowed me. And let me just tell you, there's a person for everyone. And she knows the whole story of what he told her. I don't know what that story is, but she really is an angel on earth. Like she has helped my brother. She's been helpful wow. in in my son's life. Like she gives, she's always giving, like she really is. I call like like grandma a little angel on earth. Like she gives, you know? Like I think people are made for each other, right? And it's, it's a weird thing, but like, I value her. I respect her, I love her. We go visit her when we, you know, uh, it's a really bizarre thing, but like she's a, just a beautiful woman, like the way she mm-hmm. gives and how she took care of my dad and what she does for us. And you know, it's just really bizarre, but you know, that's life, it's, it's okay. I mean, I guess wow. no one else agreed to it, but well,
0: absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how you're able to turn something so traumatic, something so ugly, into something positive and you're able to put a spin on it where it hasn't destroyed you where you're not just a survivor but you're able to be a champion again hats off to you mary kim and i love the fact that your name is mary kim and that you use your middle name you know it has that significance and you know part of your legacy and helps you to tell your mom's story and even remind you of her, I'm sure, when you say your name. Yes. So even that in itself is beautiful. Tell yeah. us. I
1: purposely did what... that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I was gonna say I purposely started using in my early twenties, um, added my name, my middle name mm-hmm. to every document and, you know, my work stuff. Like I was like, I was trying to own that like in honor of her. But yes, I just wanted to say that like, yeah, what you said is right.
0: Yes, that's so beautiful. Now, for those that may be going through their own mountainous time or trial or situation in life, what advice do you have for them? Because certainly we go through things that we think are mountainous and we have not been through what you've been through. Please give us some advice. I would say the
1: best advice I can give, the things that we go through or the people that have affected our lives in a negative way does not determine who you are as a person it determines who they are and we as people as humans as who you are you do have the power to choose and to make the choice to live the life that you want to live to be the person you want to be do not allow the people or the things that have created holes in your soul affect or change who you're For me, it was God, but whoever your person is, your higher being, has created you to be. Uh Like If you think about it, our fingerprints are only our fingerprints. And like, how many billions? Is there billions of people in this world? No one on this earth, in this universe, has the same fingerprint as you. So your life is already determined with all your gifts and all those dreams that keep popping up in your head that don't go away, but you're not really sure if you should do it. Do it. That's Mm -hmm. why you have those thoughts in your head. That's why those dreams don't go away. They're yours. So don't allow someone else to determine your life. You have the power to choose it. Hold the fingerprint, like just, it's okay. Forgive, forgive for that, for you, not for anyone else. It gives you, it's so powerful. And I suggest too, like if you need therapy, you go to therapy, you write, you do what you need to do, the work, but don't allow it to hold you back because your person, your higher being created you or those things that are in your head and the things that you want, they're yours. You got
0: to take them. I totally agree. And I love the fact that not only are you forgiving, but you're not allowing any situation to determine or dictate who you are or who you're becoming. Yes. You're still unique as Mary Kim Vargas. Now, if the audience wants to connect with you, how can they do that?
1: I am on all social medias and The link to like my business and everything else and my son, whatever uh, it's linked to my all same name, Mary Kim Farkas. So M-A-R-Y, K as in Kite, I as in Igloo, M as in Mom, Farkas, F as in Frank, A as in Apple, R as in Ralph, K as in Kite, A as in Apple, S as in Sam. And you can find me on all platforms under that so yeah definitely stay connected i'm working on doing a lot of things launching this year and i'd love to have you as part of my community in any way that i can help you
0: oh my goodness of course we would love to connect with you now would you like to tell us what you're up to for the new year <laughs> or well, are you going to keep that under wraps for now
1: well one of them is definitely going to happen it's in the works all those journalings all those years Mm -hmm. um i've been wanting to put it all in a book there's definitely going to be a book or two definitely being released i'm working to do a podcast telling my story more we're going to do some virtual and or speaking events i'm working with a bunch of people to that this at this moment to like try to figure all those out yeah Mm -hmm. we're just gonna you know it's so important for me to share, like the gifts that I was giving, or the lessons that I learned from what I've gone through, is not for me to keep. Right. I feel it's like my 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 purpose to share it because some people don't have anyone to talk to, or don't know that there's hope, that there's you know light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel, or to see hope in the hopeless. Like you'll get through it, and so I feel like it's part of what I have to give back, without wanting anything back. I just feel like. Everyone needs to be, we just need to share so that people know that they're not alone and
0: they too can be a champion. Indeed, indeed. You are so inspirational. And I have switched from survivor mode to champion mode because of you mary kim it's been a pleasure having you on purifying truths thank you so much for briefly delving into your story certainly we will be following you on social media and all platforms at mary kim farkas to stay up to date to what you're doing next so we too can support you
1: thank you star you are a champion and i love you and i'm so glad that we are connected
0: oh likewise love you so much more Thanks again for being on Purifying Truths.
1: Thank
0: you. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A Star. Tune in every Saturday at nine and noon for exciting new guests who illuminate the world in the various facets of life. You too can connect with A Star, Facebook and Instagram, At Facets of a Star, please visit the website www.facetsofastar.com. Shine bright.